welcome, as always, to yet another exciting episode of Is This Anime? Episode 25, in fact. We we have made it. We we have made it so far. You, you Malcolm, and I, I, I am shocked we've made it this far. Um, here's to 25 more and 25 more after that. And uh, we have a special guest. Oh, yeah. We, yeah, we got uh, Tunji Taylor Lewis, TikTok sensation, uh, Tunji Taylor Lewis. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, watch some anime. This is not something I do often or ever, but I get to do it today. So I'm going to have some fun. Finally yeah. get someone so, as a guest who's so, on so my level. Talking... All the other guests we've had so far have, been, uh, have had anime experience. And as the guy who doesn't have any anime experience, who co-hosts this show, it's nice to be... That'd be two on one against Jack this episode. So you've so for twenty four episodes you've just it's, been. It's totally... all good. Yeah, I mean we've had guests who definitely who definitely have watched more than Malcolm. I feel it's not like we've had like hardcore weebs. I think I'm always I'm always the upper level. Well, actually, actually no, Kyle Bottom literally like wrote for anime. He translated, so I maybe Kyle was a bit higher level than me given his age. But yeah, it's been something, and we're doing uh t- today's episode, of course is Samurai Shampoo, which is, Malcolm, you have not watched the show before, but you had really enjoyed uh, the creator of Samurai Shampoo's other show, uh, Carolyn Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, no, so, yeah, Carolyn Tuesday does for two years. Uh, it's a show about two girls who are musicians who are trying to become, like, superstar musicians, but it's all set on Mars for some that reason. super it's like a, story. It's, on like a, it's like if Lee took place in, like, uh, an industrial Mars. The Mars has now has cities, and oh, it's... Oh. I mean, I don't know. Like, Glee's probably not the right show to well, compare Well, because to. Carol and Tuesday is good, unlike Glee. Carol and Tuesday is a good show. That's true. That's also... I shouldn't... <laughs> Carolyn Tuesday is great. Uh, dear listener, yeah, I, I highly recommend if, if you skipped over that episode, just, just judging by some of our ratings, I'm like, oh, people are skipping over some of the shows I really like. So maybe give the <laughs> Carolyn Tuesday one a shot. It's really awesome. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Shinichiro Watanabe, he he is a maven. He is a maverick. Uh, he's done a lot of shows. Samurai Shampoo we're covering today, but he also most famously did Cowboy Bebop, which... I think even for like non-anime people, that's something that is at least something they've heard of. I don't know, Tunji, have you heard of the show Cowboy Bebop? At least? I don't know what you anybody's talking about right now. I'm just like not in my head. Just like love it. Samurai shampoo. All that's right, all- let's go. I'll put that in my head. Get all that dentro file. Uh, no, so, that's not. I guess that already answers the okay. same Sorry. thought. I was like, it, why? Uh, no, it's good. I had the exact <laughs> same thought. I was like, oh, samurai shampoo. Like I kept thinking, yeah. kept thinking shampoo. I was get like, that. this is a, get some of that. Uh, shampoo's not like a name. Like it's just not a name <laughs> that has existed before. <laughs> We're like, oh, what if we took shampoo, but we took that S and made it into a C? Yeah, that shampoo is sharp. <laughs> All right. We've lost Jack. Look Jack's in, like just out of out of control right now. That's right I'm through that answer the <laughs> I'm I'm gonna answer the question. I'm gonna because we've already uh brought this up, the word shampoo, according to Google, comes from the Okinawan word shampuru. Uh shampoo alone simply means to mix or to hash. This would suggest the series title means something more akin to samurai remix, further reflecting its hip-hop aesthetic. All right. That's the meaning of samurai shampoo. Oh, okay. That's a little more clever. That's that makes a little more sense. I I got a lot of thoughts on on how they were incorporating incorporating hip hop into this, um, which they do. So yeah, I mean, uh, where to where to start? I really like this show. Um, I think Cowboy Bebop, of course, because uh, because I'm a true weeb. Cowboy Bebop is like this crown crown jewel 
uh, which is why we're not going to cover that show for a while because I want to make sure Malcolm is ready. Malcolm has earned the right to cover uh, Cowboy Bebop. But um, no, Samurai Champloo, it was uh, Watanabe's follow-up to that massive hit. Uh, you want to just get into the episode? We got, we got three wonderful episodes to talk about. Wonderful, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, we were, yeah we're covering episodes 1, 10, and 15. Uh, so we'll just start, I guess, with episode 1. I didn't understand what I was watching in the first episode. Like, I had, like... I don't know about you, Tunji, but I had, like, absolutely no idea. Like, I was like, okay. There was, like, times it was in modern times, and it's back in samurai times. And then it's, Get like, they're about to be executed, but then they're, like, not being executed. And then, and then every time they would transition between scenes, it was always this, like, really bad, like, uh, like record scratch sound. And I was like, what is happening? Well, what I will say First is thing, I, I didn't watch anything beforehand, so every reaction you see from me is going to be... Uh new and authentic exactly so so let's talk about that first image standard samurai stuff i would say it's two samurais about to be executed kind of standard normal stuff very very super dramatic and and then as malcolm (laughs) pointed out the the show cuts to one day earlier but uh it gets it wrong it's uh, actually modern times and then they do like another record scratch and it's like oh wait oh wait no this is what the actual one day earlier meant yeah and that's the kind that of gig game. that continues like it's just like a gag in the pilot and then they don't like it's not something in the other episodes that they go like no, oh my it, god we it, thought we're in modern times like it's just and thank god off. they don't do that because that show would have sucked i'm very glad i'm very glad it was literally a one-off gag you think so like i don't know i'm just like part of me would have been like that the balls to do that to like have this like as this being some sort of daydream fever dream that some character in modern times is having. I mean, there's there's an entire genre called that. It's called Isekai, and I despise that genre. So I'm glad it, it was not an Isekai show. What's Isekai? Isekai is like Alice in Wonderland, where a character from modern world is transported to like a fantasy world. And there's it's it's a genre that in the last like decade has just uh devoured all of anime. And I'm not covering any of it because I don't like those shows. So I'm glad that sh- that Samurai Shampoo uh, limits itself to that one little joke, and it's instead just just a fun samurai story with a with a hip hop flair. Can I ask a question? When Go was the it. show made? Because I, I was know. like, is this like parroting that? Like I wasn't. Now that you've just given me that info, I was like, is that parroting that? From 2004 to 2005. Okay, so it's a little before this last. Decade. Yeah, it's, it's before the big isekai boom. I'm sure there have been isekai shows before, but not particularly parroting that. I think it's, I mean, knowing Watanabe's uh, humor style, it's just a one-off gag. But it's the one that made me chuckle. So, yeah. I, so, who are the, I, the one thing I was wondering is I wasn't sure who the uh, the names of any of these characters were. They don't really say their names at any point. They don't. They don't. Uh, I've got the names. Um, the badass samurai, the, 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 the one who's a bit more angry, his name is Mugen. And the uh, the more calm, cool, and collected one is uh, Jean. Yeah, Jean, just like yeah, just... it's spelled J-I-N, but the characters pronounce it Jean, is in like Jean from uh, Breaking Bad or or Better Call Saul, you know, Saul yeah. getting its new identity, that kind of Jean. I guess that's okay. like one of the things about like anime in general is like it's not like. Um, it almost feels like it's not like a sort of thing where you can just like hop into a show and you'll understand. Like there's, it's almost as if there's all this context and like all this backstory and like all this knowledge about how um, anime works. Like it's like, I don't know if this is a terrible example, but it's almost like um, like professional wrestling, like WWE. Like if you just hop into 
like one Monday Night Raw show, you're not just gonna understand everything. You gotta, like, there's like 30 years of history that they played back on, like to this one moment. And like this one slam happens and everybody reacts in like this crazy way. Like, oh my God, this is monumental. And you're just over there like, he just he just slammed him. So I don't know if it, it feels like almost like there's like a parallel between that. Am I, there's, am I off base here or? There's definitely shows like that. I, I mean, personally, I feel this show, I mean, this is coming from someone who does watch quite a bit of anime. So, so maybe I'm coming out from perspective of like oh no these episodes are all kind of standalone but you know again i think it's obviously like like have you have you watched any samurai films before uh tunji any uh, you no, know no, what no samurai. potentially i have a little cousin who's super into anime i don't really <laughs> i don't really follow along the story lines i just got i really love looking I'm at the images anime. i'm like have you watched anime. seven samurai or something like that no no no, no? fair enough only thing I yeah, watched. I'm trying to think of like samurai films I've watched. I don't. I feel like I, I mean, watched. I've seen the I last. Saw, I saw Riz's uh, samurai film. Oh, is it Sun no. Samurai or Kung Fu? Which one? I think it's oh the iron uh, the man with the iron fists. Uh that's more like Kung Fu, I'd say. Yeah, I was gonna say. I I was just thinking about. I well, only... no, I've seen Seven Samurai, the um, the Akira was... Kurosawa classic. Yeah, I saw it in <laughs> film school. To, to be fair, I, I had only just recently watched it like a year or two ago, so I can't I can't even say like I'm a snob about that one. I was about to say the only film I've watched with a samurai sword in it is Kill Bill. That's it. I've, I like other than that, I don't, that nothing to do with samurai. I, I definitely anything. watch Kill Bill. Samurai, like yeah, I feel like samurai films aren't something that are made that often anymore, and maybe that's like a shame because it's uh it seems like it could be a really great you know subgenre to really explore, but instead we're you know. Yeah, we got like Kill Bill, which is I guess like an ode to like kung fu and samurai films, but through Tarantino's uh, distorted lens. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, I, I feel like there's some anime elements in that movie. There's literally an anime the, sequence in Kill Bill. The, yeah, exactly. Like the scene where like she, he gets like super like close up into her eyes and like she's like looking all mean and stuff, and then she slices the dude's head off. Mm. Well, and also like the, there's like an anime backstory scene in that movie with um with Lucy Liu where they where they're talking about her backstory as being like as a child. That's literally like uh, an animated right anime right yeah. yeah yeah. I was thinking even there's the uh, even the sequence where Uma Thurman I think it's uh, is like breaking out of the coffin and she's just like punching it all like just uh, enough times to get yeah. out. It feels like a very anime kind of inspired sequence as well, but. That, uh, and- but this is we're talking about Samurai Shampoo yeah. <clears throat> and not uh, Kill Bill one and two. Not, <laughs> not Kill Bill. We uh t- tune in next week where we where we do a two hour podcast about the four minute <laughs> anime sequence in Kill Bill. Yeah. We're gonna go in yeah, Jack's prepared a 30 minute history segment on that sequence alone. <laughs> there there were some very good animators involved, I'll say that. So yeah, we we cut we cut back to a day later and uh we meet our other character, uh Fu, who who again is, what is Fu? She's just like, this. she's this girl. She's just kind of, you know, working for, it's not a restaurant or something. It's an inn. And uh, there's some not so nice uh, samurai uh, over there who, who are being very creepy. No, she's, uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe. Like, they're like, they're, they're just like, ba- like, they're just like bastards. Like, that's all I can say is that <laughs> these are like, just like, oh, he's the son of the governor. Um, which means he like has like carte blanche to do whatever the hell he wants and uh in it. And I guess that's what he's doing in this inn. And like you know, he's got his guys and like she's getting upset because they're being so rude to her and all the other patrons and 
Uh, and it makes sense. Like they're just like they're just like oh, I run this town, and they go to this like random inn to I don't know be at douchebags. But uh, I don't know. It was it was kind of just standard. Like it felt like very much like oh yeah, they're gonna set this up to be what the sequence ended up ending up being. Yeah, and then we meet Mugen, and uh, he basically Fu is just like, hey, can you can you deal with those guys? And he's like, well, listen, you're you're gonna have to give me a lot of fucking dumplings. That that's what he wants. But yeah, because they're like it's essentially a dumpling place, like the that. Anime. Yeah, yeah. And then she like you know for some reason she pisses off the one guy, so then they're gonna like he has like a new sword or something, and then he's like I'm gonna cut off uh, your fingers or whatever, like which is like oh that's a that's brutal that's a brutal way of like showing your like authority. Is just to be like, fuck you, I'm going to cut your finger off. But then he's like taunting her, being like, oh, I'm going to cut off your nose. I'm going to cut off your, like, whatever. He's probably do um, a lot of other terrible things, knowing the type of person this guy is. But then Fu, she she screams and shouts, and, and she says uh, she'll, she'll uh, give Mugen 100 dumplings. And that's when Mugen is like, okay, we're good. And he goes ham on these uh, these dudes. He didn't want money, no, he just wanted, he wanted the dumplings. He wanted dumplings. He wanted dumplings. To to, yeah. cut, to to slice some people up. That's it. Yeah, it turns out he's just hungry and like, and it's something that will yeah we see in the rest of the, uh, in the other episodes is that he's not really motivated by money. Like he's got like other motives. Like he's a very much like a a vagabond. Like he's just like going from place to place. And uh, yeah, so then they go. There's a hundred guns. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. No. So that's all you. Because I guess like when you slice somebody up, there's like some like guilt that comes with like like ah uh, like. It's like naturally as human beings, you, you don't feel like you want to like do that and you need something to comfort you. Some people need that cash. This guy just needs some comfort food. Like, hey, just give me a full stomach. Yeah, I'll feel I mean, better. yeah he just uses the samurai skulls. He's like, fine, I'll do this. Like, he seems very really, like bothered. <laughs> he's like inconvenienced by it. But he also cracks this joke where he's like, because there's all these like, like, um, there's like the main bad guy, the son of the governor. And then there's like all these other like tough guy bodyguards that he has. And he's like, ah, oh, that's such a low price, you know, price on your life. It's like five dumplings per person. It's like, then there's like, she, uh, there's a, like a, a cuts to like some random person. It should be 65 dumplings goes, at least. Well, that's it. There's like, oh, that math doesn't add up. <laughs> because there's not. Uh, uh, yeah, Mugen, he was fucking some people up. And uh, Mugen, he can't do math. Uh, he thought 100 dumplings meant uh, five per person, even though he only killed like five people. Not a smart guy. Not a smart <laughs> guy. He's, he's good at killing. He's really good at the whole sword thing. Uh, he's not going to become an accountant. No. Negotiated a terrible contract. Or he could got a great contract. He got a great and, one. And thought it was going to be worse than it actually was. Right. I don't know. Fall, failing upwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're... Uh, yeah, so after this, he goes, he beats up the guy. Then there's, like, another crazy guy that comes in, um, like, after he, like, takes out these, like, I don't know, the governor's son and his, you know, crew, who just decides he's going to light this in on fire. I was yeah. gonna, I was confused as to who that guy was and what his role in anything was. He's he's just a really dumb guard, and now now the restaurant in or whatever is burned to the ground. The authorities capture both Mugen and Jean. <laughs> And they're knocked unconscious by the coal gas, and they're sentenced to death. Uh, just a typical, just a typical Monday for these two guys. Also, Gene wasn't there, was he? Like, where was like Gene? Just kind of like rolled up at the end, and then, yeah. and then it's like you're under arrest for murder. And you're like, what? Well, he did. He did kill a prefect's bodyguards earlier in the episode. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So, but he, his whole thing is he wants to kill Muga. That's like his, he's like, I will be the one who ends you. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of toxic masculinity between these two dudes. <laughs> they seem like best frenemies. They're just like, oh yeah, these two guys are probably best friends, but they, for whatever reason, won't admit it. So they decide that they're going to like, be like, I'm going to kill you. What, who are you, my wife? Like, that's the banner that's going on. It's it's much. Uh, Tunji, what do you think of this sequence? Hey man, hey, I I I like it. I like it. Um, I, <laughs> I you know the toxic masculinity is is good because you know it's it's just honest. You know what I mean? And I think like we just live in a day and time where we just try to like clean everything up and try to make everything like better than what it actually is. Like this is just honest. Like these are people who you know like slice people up. Of course, there's gonna be egos involved. Of course, it's going to be stuff that doesn't like make sense completely logically. Like, let, let, let's go, let's do it. You know what I mean? We're we're, we're battling it out. <laughs> we're battling it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's let's yeah. just go. Let's get to it. Yeah. So they get captured. They're sentenced to death. But before they are sentenced to death, because they killed the governor's son, the governor is like, "Well, I'm going to torture you for the night." Uh, so, so, there's a, so there's like a sequence where they're just being tortured in random ways but like these two guys are like super tough right so they're just like ah oh, it's not just barely breaking a sweat <laughs> like they're being like on like those like stretching racks and stuff like that and they're like what is this like you know preschool <laughs> like it's really dumb the, the competitive nature of the two just just makes it ridiculous for the whole situation because neither of them are, are willing to even admit they're in pain <laughs> And then like the girl from the end, she comes back and she's feeling really guilty. So she like finds them and is trying to break her, uh, break them out of their cell before they get executed. But, um, but before she can, like the lock breaks. And I was like, oh, that's convenient. That's a classic convenient storytelling because you can't succeed because or else they couldn't get to the uh, execution scene. Yeah. So well, pending execution scene. Pending execution. So so we do move on towards the execution. The the show ends up catching up. But meanwhile, Fu, uh, she's got like two bombs, which she hides in her like uh, yukata. I think that's what it's called, like the, the dress she wears. You know, she, she's looking a little big there with her two bouncing bombs. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, this, oh they're going for that. They're going then, for like, that. But in later episodes, I'm like, they're really going for some stuff that I did not expect. No. So the, she's, she's going to go blow, make like I make a scene so they can escape. But like the truth is, is that these two guys are two heroes on the execution day they they were they were just good they were gonna uh, escape anyways <laughs> they, they escape pretty easily like it's not they do. um there's not a lot of resistance it's like oh they could have escaped hours ago like they didn't have to be tortured they didn't have to be captured they just did it because like they didn't want to admit that like the other one was like oh well i guess if we're if we're gonna get tortured i might as well say show that i'm the bigger man <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do love Mugen's uh, breakdance fighting style. He's, he's constantly like, that, that's the only way I can describe it. It's breakdance fighting like in Zoolander. Yeah, I was going to say like he like he doesn't, they don't talk about his training. Oh, I, I just saw what you were talking about with the whole bombs thing. I just saw the, uh, I just saw her running. Yeah, wow, yeah. wow. Wow, yeah, that's all I can say is, well, I'm in a relationship, so I can't comment too much, but I was just like, wow. No, that's fair. 
This is a public show, so we don't want we want you to get in trouble with your girls. I don't know how these how how anime or cartoons in general like do this, man. Like, how can I? How could they make you like feel something for something that isn't even real? Like, it's just it just makes us like it's, wow. It's stories, man. It's storytelling. Hey, yeah. uh, kudos to the artist because that was convincing. Anyways, sorry, <laughs> I got sidetracked. Oh, you did, man. My bad. Yeah, no. So they go, they escape uh, from the execution. Uh, they take out all these guards and then they have to go on the run. And as they're going on the run, uh, they meet up with the girl because she was uh, trying to save them. And she asks uh, Jean and, um, well, how do you say his name? Mogan? Mugen. Mugen. She's like, all right, well, uh, heads or tails, like, you know, you can either run off and do whatever you're going to do, or you need to help me find this guy who, like, what smells like dandelions? Is that uh, it? Sunflowers, sunflowers. Oh, sun, yeah, he has to find a guy that smells like, a samurai that smells like sunflowers. And that's who I assumed Sham, uh, Samurai Champloo was, and that's why <laughs> the name of the show is about finding, you know, searching, you know, searching for uh, Samurai Champloo. Just, I just didn't realize until earlier that it, Samurai Champloo was just, Remix, <laughs> Samurai Remix. And I do love how the coin falls straight on her face. Oh yeah, he also, this is, Mugen does the uh, does this coin flip and then the, the coin just goes up in the air. And then for, I don't know, 30 seconds, it's like not, no, can't even be seen. It's that far up in the sky. <laughs> so. And then it lands on her face. Yeah, yeah. Lands on her face. And it and dents in its uh, tails, which is what she was like. Well, if you if it lands on tails, you have to help me. So then they like run out of town and that like essentially ends the first episode, which is yeah. like, turns out they're like going to go from town to town in search of this, uh, this guy that smells like sunflowers and also get into trouble along the way. And that's, and that's basically the structure of the show. The, the show is episodic in nature. Although the second episode ends with a to be continued, <laughs> even though it well, felt like the episode ended pretty satisfyingly no um that's just kind of how it is i mean it's to be continued in the sense that there are more episodes although there are like two parters as well there's a there's a couple two-parter episodes here and there scattered throughout the show but but no the general structure is episodic it's basically the gang goes to this place there's a problem they have to solve it uh shenanigans happen so yeah so then we jump over to episode 10 yeah the, uh, the so title of which it the title of which is Lethal Lunacy. It doesn't sound as uh, clean and as, as organized as like like samurai. Like like what did you say? Lethal Lunacy. Yeah. That sounds like a serial killer. That sounds like um, what was that dude from the seventies who had that cult? Oh, uh, Jim Jones. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh man, the dude that was in. Um, I'm gonna keep on bringing Quentin Tarantino references. But Go the for guy it. That oh, in... Charles Manson, you're thinking. Charles yeah, Manson. yeah, that looks like when I think of Lethal Lunacy, I think of that dude. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's like, it's sort of similar to like Helter Skelter, like, Helter Skelter, Lethal Lunacy. Like it is kind of the same, two sides of the same coin. So, so yeah. all all the all the titles in this show are alliterative. Like the first mm. episode is oh, it's called like the oh. first episode is called Temptuous. <laughs> oh no, temp. Is it temptuous? Oh God! Oh God! Temptuous uh, temperaments, tem tempestuous temperaments. Tem that's the first. Tempestuous tem. Wow, that's a <clears throat> that's a tongue twister. Too too much of a word for me. Yeah, um, no. lethal lunacy feels like the Mel Gibson, like the the unauthorized sequel to Lethal Weapon that Mel Gibson makes straight to DVD next year. Like the, that's what it is. The the episode prior to Lethal Lunacy is called Beatbox Bandits. The yeah. Art of Altercation, A Risky Racket. I'm just listing off the names because the, the show has fun episode names. Uh, yeah, and right now, I'm the baffled black boy. 
Stranger searching, uh, artistic anarchy, hellhounds for hire. It's it, the list goes on, guys. Samurai shampoo. I like this. Guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so lethal lunacy though. This, this is this is our samurai duel episode. I feel this is the one where it's all about Mugen, and he basically wants to kill this one dude. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you were bringing up Charles Manson and everything because this episode is about a serial killer. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> Like it's about a guy. Um, there's a samurai. Like they go into this town and they immediately, you know, they there's like a priest that comes up to the the gang, the three of them, and they're like, oh, you know, they think they need money, like that they're he's gonna ask for money, but they don't have any money. And so they give like, them dumplings. Yeah. <laughs> no, instead he gives them dumplings, but he's also like, oh, perfect. I was looking for someone who wasn't uh, wanting to give me money because I need people to come and clean my like house. Or a temple, I guess it's more of a temple. Clean my temple, you know, do all the, like the hard labor stuff, and I'll like feed you and like give you a place to stay. So, uh, and he's like, um, uh, I don't know how to say it. He's like a weirdo priest ex dojo leader. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Weirdo yeah. priest ex dojo leader. You know, as, as one would would meet. Yeah, he's like buff Japanese Mister Clean. And, wow. Uh, and uh, Mugen, of course, he's the only one who who's interested in uh, getting this guy. Yeah, well, initially, like, because there's a um, a bounty out for him. Like, it's like, oh, if you can uh, kill him or, like, capture him, he, like, you get an X amount of money. And, like, these, these, these three don't have any money to begin with. So it's like, oh, we can get 10. Was it Ryo? It's That's 10 Ryo. And, and, Ryo. and according to Wikipedia, one Ryo in ancient Japan is equivalent to $1,000 in America. Oh, oh, that's so. a lot. That's a yeah. lot. So ten Rio, that's uh that's ten grand. Yeah, that's a good that's enough for the fund. And a Rio is just what? Like a Rio is just a coin or is it a yeah. bill? Like how does how does it work? Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a apparently it's like an actual currency that like predates the yen in Japan. It's how do you get change for a Rio? Like if you if you have something and it doesn't cost a whole Rio and you give a whole like how do you how does the change exchange just work? Because that's a lot of money to just have one. You know what I'm saying? Like no, if you give a yeah. hundred, if you give a hundred dollar bill, you just want a pack of M and M's. Like you know how you like. Yeah, I, that's the one thing. I guess it's like thinking about it. Like I've been like, okay, how do they exchange money? And like, yeah, those like ancient times. Because like I'm so used to like having a card and like, oh, I'll just tap it here. And like, if I have <laughs> no, a just- ca- if, if I have a little bit of cash, like I, I don't really carry cash anymore. But even <laughs> when I have, I'm like, okay, I guess like I'll have all these coins. I'm like. I'm always cumbersome with like, oh, I got all these toonies and loonies. Like, yeah. like what am I gonna do with all these toonies and loonies? Exactly. It's like, it's like re- I don't got cash. It's like he's like, you got you got change for a real? It's like, no, but I got dumplings. Like you get out. Like, yeah, I think it's like it's like you either have it, uh, have a Rio and you can buy whatever you want, or you hmm. give the Rio, but you get all the things in exchange. <laughs> like it seems right, like it's, right, it's right. An ex- okay. It's an extreme. Like there's no like uh, okay. There, but I don't know. I'm probably uh, horrendously wrong. So. Yeah, we should probably be asking Jack instead of trying to figure this out amongst us. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know it either. I'm just enjoying this. Yeah, no, we just we because we ask the important questions, man. Like, yeah. okay, like. Yeah, because I was wondering if this was like a fictional currency within no. the in the uh, the show. The the only thing, like, I mean, obviously the characters themselves are fictional, and obviously the, the use of hip hop. But again, that's just. That's a background affect, but no, the show is like pretty, pretty spot on with its portrayal of you know feudal Japan. But I will say, every time they do a scene transition and it's and it goes to that like record scratching, it like reminds me of like '90s, like uh, just like YTV. Like it's just like 
for whatever reason it's just like oh it's like they're just trying to do something in terms of like oh look we're hip and then but it's like and it's so lame it's like it's the lamest version of it i think i think this show is hip though i like this show because again the characters are really fun um let, let's ask a question are you guys more of a mugen or a gene or or even a foo Ooh. i'm gonna be a, right now i'm more of a foo i'm i'm, I'm totally foo in in that uh maslow's hierarchy of needs between these three characters um i'm gonna say uh for me i'm a mugen i think like he's just like a very like the more high energy guy he's like willing to put himself into like different situations um he seems to well i don't know if i always have a plan but he, he seems to have but he doesn't really have a plan no mugen um, mugen's the most improvisational guy among them mugen is just pure id yeah so i'm probably a mugen what about you tunji i'm gonna go with gene <laughs> <laughs> that's a very mugen answer for me <laughs> yeah so, so we've got a foo a mugen and a gene all on this podcast that's great that that tells you we did a good job today yeah, yeah. You got all I three. Just, yeah. I just, I, yeah. Gene, <laughs> yeah. that's my guy. Gene's your, Gene's guy. your guy, man. Gene He's is good. good. I, I wish I, I wish of these episodes I picked, I picked a more Gene-focused one, because Mugen, Mugen, I feel, is the star of these three, especially. Oh, yeah. These are these are the Mugen. This is the Mugen show featuring the Gene players. Yeah, um, and, like, Fu gets some good stuff, too, of course. Fu gets some fun stuff, especially in the next one. So Mugen, he's trying to he's trying to track down this mystery killer, and uh, his name, the mystery killer's name is Shoryu, and he's got these, like, non-contact attacks uh, because he's learned this concept of uh, of Ki. I think that's what, how it was pronounced. Yeah, so, he, like, he has, like, a special sword that, like, if you move it uh, in such a way that, like, even if it doesn't touch you, you can still get sliced. And so if there's, like, all these people, like, who are all these samurais and he, this guy's only targeting samurais that are like high skilled samurais um and like defeating them i really love is that this guy we find out later like he like mugen obviously immediately interacts with him like because he's like this weird guy uh at a uh, bar like he's like i want some sake and then like this guy's like oh i'm so drunk from all the sake even though he's not drunk at all and then passes it gives mugen all the sake to drink but it's like i i love that they keep saying like oh he had to go to the continent uh to like learn this stuff like you can't just learn this in japan you have to go to the continent which is just asia it's a different way of saying china it's like they went to china but they don't want to say china so they're like the continent well, I mean, it's it's not like I mean, again, this is feudal Japan. It's not like these characters have have a ton of knowledge. Yeah, it's true. I guess I, I think of it as uh, of being like, imagine if you're like, oh, I had to go down to like I don't know Chicago or like L.A. to do something, but instead of like, but being based in Canada, instead of saying that I went to like say L.A., I was like, yeah, I went uh, I went down south. <laughs> like that's like, <laughs> how I felt. that could be a way of doing it too. Yeah, I had to deal with the Southerners. If you know. Southerners. And that's, yeah, that's the U.S. in this case. So so this priest guy, it turns out he was uh, Shoryu's teacher. And uh, Shoryu, he learned these techniques, of course, on the continent. And uh, Shoryu, he wants to use his techniques in lethal ways. And that caused a split between the priest and him. Well, one, one thing uh, that I thought was really funny about this was that he was in a... Um, I don't know he was in some sort of like large tub like he looked like he was in a pot and then he was like there was a fire underneath it and like the fire like it was like being boiled <laughs> that was like the one thing is like when they're having all this like information back and forth like this priest slash host is like being boiled 
just how it be. Um, so yeah, Mugen, he's got Mugen undergoes a bit of a training montage. Uh, what do you think of that training montage, Malcolm? I mean, it was funny. It, it's like a very quick, it's like a very quick lame training montage because it doesn't look like it takes place over much time. Like it looks like he was just training for a, an hour. Like it's like he's doing some like, how do you even describe it? He's like on a rock kind of doing push-ups, but he's like in a handstand. He's doing handstand push-ups like on a rock. Um, I'm trying to remember the other ones. Yeah, personally for me, the only thing that was missing that montage was like an eighty soundtrack. It it could have definitely You know what I mean? Like some something like that. That would have oh, resonated. Yeah. Just do I the hip hop like, version of the of that song. Oh, <laughs> put some LL Cool J on there to really drive the hip hop home. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been I'm for any of the not took a muscle bound man. I put the stick in the sand. Like oh oh. We might have done something here. If they could have gotten LL Cool J to be a part of this, this would have been like top tier. This would have been like, how did we not see this until episode 25, Jack? Yeah. They should have made LL Cool J a, a, a character in the show. Just make, him pass, just make him pass by like real quick, like, what's going on over here? And just like keep on walking. Like he doesn't do much. He does, he's just. It's just LL Cool J just happened to be in ancient Japan at the time because yeah. he's LL Cool J. Yeah, get him out of NCIS LA and get him into the show. Like he's hundred percent right. Get out. He's he's having a, a situation. He's stuck in out NCIS LA. No, <laughs> like in the scene where in where the in the scene where the girl's chest is bouncing around, you get like the old school LL Cool J to like look at her and just like lick his lips and then like just walk off. That'd be the perfect place to put LL Cool J in this show. I would love if LL Cool J was in the show. I, I can safely say that. Oh, yeah. um, what do we think of the fight, though? The, the big fight between Mugen and Shoryu, the finale? I mean, it's it's not like the most dramatic fight uh, we've covered on this podcast. I mean, it was almost like typical. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, this guy's super cocky. He's going to go and like, uh, he's like, oh, I'm going to like take you down. They looked like it almost felt like, oh, is this guy going to join the gang? Like, that was how I felt. Like, they're like, oh, finally, like, I came like for uh, the killer. There's like, finally, a kindred spirit. <laughs> like, because they're like uh, chatting and they're like kind of at like a stand, like at a stalemate at one point. Uh, and I was like, oh, this would have been fun to be like, oh, he's like now part of the gang because we can't like defeat, they keep like in an like, infinite draw. But. Uh but no, no, they they like use the techniques on each other. Turns out, uh, uh, Mangan, Mang Mugen. Oh, Mugen. so so close this time. Mugen, uh, it basically kind of mimics the air technique that this other guy is doing. Uh, but there's also like a sequence with like these beads with the priest in a waterfall that I did not understand. I I felt it was like the priest like sensing the whole fight. That's kind of what I thought. Which means that the priest sense all the murders before that. He's like, I knew it was him the whole time. Probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, this fight does not end well for Shoryu. Uh, he does manage to disarm Mugen. And then right when he closes in on Mugen, uh, Mugen, goes, Mugen goes dirty, man. He pulls out a knife and he just shanks him. Oh, yeah. It's like a cold-blooded, like, just like, oh, you thought you won this time. It's like that very much like in mafia movies where, like, they, like, two gangsters hug, but, like, one of them's got the knife in the back. Uh, and it, it's, it's also not the message I was expecting this episode to have. I thought the whole message was going to be, you know, Mugen, Mugen uses those techniques and uh, and uses the techniques to defeat Shoryu, but instead he literally just is a dirty fucker. The priest, he senses Shoryu's death, and that's how the episode ends. Uh, Shoryu does not join the cast. Uh, he is dead, and he is not heard from again. 
I'm not uh, I'm not surprised, but I was I was almost a little disappointed. I was like, imagine if now that you have like Gene, who's like, I'm gonna kill you, Mugen, at any point. <laughs> like, you better not die because I'm the one who's gonna take your life, and then have this like serial killer around. <laughs> And then also have the girl from the end being like, we've got to find the man with the sunflowers. Uh, that, that was the episode I was referring to where it just like goes to be continued. And then we, uh, because of the nature of this podcast, we jump to episode 15, which starts off with, if you thought the bombs uh, in uh, with the girl was crazy, this episode starts with uh, Mugen in a brothel. And he's about to, uh, he's like, how do I say this in a PG-13 friendly way? Uh, he's about to, uh, he's Release. paying for some services. He's, okay. he's, he's paying for his services in a brothel. He's about to wet his willy. Yes. As he, as you said, he's freeing his willy from his trousers. <laughs> I love how upfront this show is. Like, of course, like Mugen and Jean, who are just, you know, two, two, you know, Ronin samurai, they don't exactly, uh, Treat women well. They're when they have money, that's where they go. They go straight to the brothel. They're not spending it on anything else. Well, that's the thing, man. Like you're in all these fights, you're killing people all the time. You need like something need to it. just like just make you forget just for a second. Like, and you know what? Prostitution's legal in Japan at this point in time, so why the fuck not? You're not doing anything wrong. Exactly. I mean, you can make a good argument right now that prostitution should have always have been legal. <laughs> like it's one of those random <laughs> those thoughts where it's like it, they always joke that it's like the oldest profession in the world but it's like and it's like oh yeah i guess it's true but it's like oh yeah i guess it could be but like in this episode was really weird because yeah they're like mugen's in the in the brothel with this one girl uh but she's like overhearing something that's happening underground like i was confused by this they're like well, there's like because she's actually a ninja she's not a prostitute she's a ninja and she's trying to trying to investigate something yeah yeah, so yeah, that's a, that was the big twist is that, yeah, she's this ninja who is, you know, is getting intel and I guess like needed to become a uh, fake being a prostitute to lure the greatest samurai of the land. Is that fair to say to call Mugen the, the samurai? Uh, with, with an asterisk, sure. <laughs> yeah, but, our, but I want to also say, sorry, to, I'm jumping back because I realized something. Uh, the beginning of this episode features a recap rap that is oh, God. so white and so bad. Like, I love what? I, I, it. Was, it was clearly intentional. Like, I, I love this. It was intentionally like, cheesy. It like, it's like the way to describe Tunji for me it was like listening to like, uh, like the whitest uh, like musical theater nerd who's like, I'm going to go uh, and I'm going to do my karaoke tonight is I'm going to do Hamilton. But it's like they have no rhyme. Like they just like have missed, they don't have like internal rhyme and they have nothing. I felt it's just murder. like very hooky. It's like any like all like uh, <laughs> Tunji will remember this. We used to do improv together, and yeah. it's like anytime like uh, certain cast members of ours would just try to do rap, uh, and you're like, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> Even me, if I ever try when I like I was I did it once. I was like, this can't. I can't do this. Hey man, look, you know something is white as hell when white people are like, this is white as hell. I, f I felt it was also like a mix of haiku. I felt it was trying to thread that needle too. Right. It, felt, it felt like it was like an old, old, old uh, traveler telling the tale of what these dudes have been up to. Yeah, it was right. like a recap, but it's like also the done in the corniest way. And I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not. Like I wasn't sure if this was like a lost in translation being like, this is obviously originally a Japanese show and they're like translating it uh, into English. 
it, uh, it was done in a way where I believe it was 100% intentional. And just, again, the tone of the show is so jokey and just, it again, it, it, it pokes fun at itself. It, it goes through all these weird tangents. It, everything here is, is by line. Uh, but that was that's, that's but, the opening, and that I will say that part did make me laugh. Like a few, yeah. But that's but that's really interesting what you said. So like, because I personally assume that like when you're watching this stuff, everything is to be taken seriously. But you're saying that like in a lot of ways, like it, it pokes fun at itself and like it's satire in certain ways. For sure. I mean, I mean, going into this show, I was familiar with uh, Watanabe's work, so that definitely helps. And Watanabe is like a guy who who has like a lot of fun. I mean, sometimes he takes himself seriously and sometimes he doesn't. It is that kind of uh, balance between the serious and the comic. Right, right. Yeah. Right. yeah wow. This is like this is something for me that like I got surprised with. Like the first episode of this podcast uh, was uh, we did, we covered a show called One Punch Man. For anyone who will listen to that, thank you. But it's uh, in that show. I didn't realize it was a comedy until <laughs> I started watching it. And I think this is kind of similar in terms of like mm. this is like not a very serious show. Like this, like whereas some anime has is very serious. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm still can't really get over that because I've always just assumed uh, that all anime is to be taken seriously. Yeah, because definitely because of like the the sensationalism of the artwork, it can definitely lend itself to great comedy because a, a, a show that I love that had a lot of, uh, it's not anime, but it had a lot of anime artwork was the Boondocks. That's like a black yeah, anime sure. comedy. And stuff was like 10 times funnier than it would have been otherwise had you not had that like anime artwork style of like, you know, freaking dead granddad being like, you know, kicked in like way up into the sky and falling yeah. into the ground or like the facial expressions or just like, you know, or, or like, you know, like Riley getting beat with a belt and like granddad doing like a twist first. And then like, it, it's like, it definitely like is a great um, tool for to, to induce humor for sure. So that makes a lot of sense to me. I guess it's just like when I watch anime, shows like this i try to even though i don't understand and even though i make joke i try to have as much respect for like trying to like understand like what the artist is going for as possible so it's kind of like nice to know that okay like you know if if i do find something like ridiculous or funny that could be what the artist was going for in the first place and i'm not just being you know a douchebag so yeah i mean i i'm familiar with this the, the genre of kind of so bad it's good i mean maybe maybe we'll have you on when we cover gundam wing which is a very right. 90s uh, anime and does take itself incredibly seriously to the point it's 15 year olds threatening to kill each other. It's 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 a show that when I was a kid, I thought it was badass as hell. And then when I rewatched, I'm like, oh, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I could also appreciate what they're going for at the same time. Again, it's all a midpoint. It's trying to respect people, uh, respect right. the artists of what they're going for. But no, like right. Samurai Shampoo, it's, it's definitely an, an action comedy. I think there's episodes in the over the course of the series are certainly more dramatic but yeah th this one is definitely episode 15 uh bogus booty it's definitely a funny one because it's literally like two of our dudes they're just trying to get laid and uh unfortunately for mugen uh the very the very pretty girl because again he like he also beats gene in a rock paper scissors contest uh for his pick of the girl so he picks the hottest one who uh who unfortunately it turns out is a ninja oh yeah and so they like they have to like at some point there's like an underground sort of uh right like fake currency thing operation that's happening by this brothel they like go down she's like on top like 
she lures him away being like hey can you help me do this one thing quick and then i'll do whatever you want uh and he's like oh okay and then like <laughs> they go down she's on her shoulders i thought like the way that it's drawn uh she's like her breasts are kind of covered by his head so i was like is she topless this whole time like is she just like sitting there <laughs> no just the way it's drawn it's just like a kind of she's wearing a flesh-colored shirt on top of like um which is like the weird it's so weird i was like what is going on here like i was it's like ninja gear bro it's ninja gear it's yeah classic ninja classic anime ninja gear that like like hey yeah so then they go it's like a uh, pretty simple episode and like they fight uh they win to like to lure him to even fight even harder she's like i'll do that thing you like or like that you really want me to do and uh they, like, they, they finish it they go up to like the main line like she's like all done and then when he's like oh i want to collect on that reward now uh she just knocks him out <laughs> and then yeah. leaves him by a tree uh oh i do, I do want to give a shout out to foo though we, we didn't talk about the fact that um so this episode also begins with like gene he's uh fishing and he ends up somehow uh getting a big bag of money that it turns out is counterfeit which leads to the whole narrative but meanwhile, Fu is uh, spending this money all on food. And we quickly see Fu, who's like this, you know, kind of skinny girl. Uh, the next shot we have is Fu, and she's like massive. Oh, no. oh, she the fat girl that they were like, I'm looking for this fat girl. I yeah, wasn't sure who that like, was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she ballooned up, uh, and she was fat enough for, uh, for for police to look for her. But then thankfully, uh, she thinned out. Again, the na the nature of animation allows yeah, you. don't know if, you're, if these characters are 15 or 30. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Although these ones I mean, seem pretty like age, like you kind of got their age. You got age. their age. They're they're like twenties. Yeah. I mean, like there's a lot to unpack here. It's just like if you have like two people who are like you know very skilled in samurai combat, like can you imagine what they're capable of in the bedroom? Like, <laughs> oh my god. Well, and it's it's funny. Like doing doing flips and shit all over the <laughs> all over. Like, I don't know, like. She's like, I'll do that thing you like. It's just like, whoa, okay. Well, and she's. I, know, I need to know what that is right now, because that's probably some revolutionary stuff. Oh, yeah, she, man. She's a ninja. He's a samurai. It probably gets pretty wild. Yeah. Well, the good thing is she's not actually uh, someone who works at a brothel. She was under no, she's not. So. It's, it's all well. That's the thing. Ninjas are all about but, deception. Although she says, she, like, by the end, she kind of seems like she may have some feelings for him, but it's hard to like tell if that was. Like, yeah. The, the the episode ends uh, declaring that she is going to marry them once both their journeys are complete. Um, mm -hmm. As someone who's watched the show, though, um, you do not see her again. So she's just a liar. She's just well, may, may, maybe she... in the sequel series, which does not exist. Maybe down the road. Because this is the same girl who knocked him out after promising him the favor, right? Yeah. And then she said, um, so she's just, so she's just says what she needs to say to get what she needs and she bounces. I respect that. I respect it. I do too, actually. I'm like, all right. She's just doing what she needs to do to get her job done. Hey, just to stop a counterfeit ring. Can you imagine being a woman in ancient Japan? Do what you gotta do. Exactly, yeah. bro. Exactly, man. Smart enough, cunning enough. That's you gotta respect her. And as always, we have our wonderful segment. Uh, who is the Robert EO Speedwagon today? Speedwagon, 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 speedwagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Uh, Malcolm, you go first. 
Um, oh yeah, my speed wagon uh, is I called him uh, earlier in the episode, uh, Buff Mister Clean. Uh, it's the priest. I think he's the only guy who qualifies. Like, I don't think there is many other characters that would qualify. It's like either him or the guard that burns down the inn in the first episode. But I don't know. I just liked him. Like, there's a sequence with this priest where like he catches a um, like a thing of wood in his hands, and um, like when he's like Gene's uh, chopping wood. He's walking away and this one piece of wood flies up and he just grabs it with his one hand. Doesn't even look at it, he just grabs it. And he like boils himself alive in a pot for a little bit. Uh, that's supposed to be some sort of like bath meets jacuzzi thing. Um, and I thought that was kind of fun. So yeah, him, I mean, it, it feels weird because I don't feel like anyone truly qualifies. Yeah, my, my speed wagon would be a Yatsuha, the ninja chick. Uh, she was cool. I, I liked her character. She was fun. Her, her dynamic with uh, Mugen of just, you know, Mugen thinking he was getting laid and uh, Yatsuha uh, not. But then, of course, it turns out she does kind of like him. And uh, what can I say? I got a thing for Ninja Girls. So uh, Yatsuha is my speed wagon. And Chunji, what about you? Was there anyone from... Uh... Uh, my speed wagon is the G-Wagon by Mercedes-Benz. Uh, <laughs> it's a little pricey at $154,000, but, you know, it's got good fuel tank capacity, 100 liters. Uh, you know, one, you know, 4.0 liters per V8, you know, curb weight is uh, like, you know, just below 3000 kilograms. Um, that G wagon is, is that's, and it goes fast. Um, that, 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 that thing goes fast. So I, uh, G wagon is, that's my wagon for sure. That's, you know what, uh, that's fair. I'm more of a Canyon yeah. Arrow man, but, uh, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's the, if I were to get an SUV, the G wagon would, I like that answer a lot, yeah. actually. <laughs> That's fair. I All accept, right. I accept it. I accept it. Uh, final thoughts overall on Samurai Champloo, uh, friends. This is a weird show. This is a really weird <laughs> one. This might have been one of the weirdest ones we've covered so far. I like Carolyn Tuesday a lot more. Maybe it's because that's the one shows a little more coherent, but I like some of the risks they took. I like that, like, uh, you know, the just a white person rapping to of the third. <laughs> Uh, recap for the uh, third episode we watched uh, is still is probably one of the my fu the funniest moments I've seen in a while in terms of just like I was like what the fuck is happening I, it's weird as fuck and I don't know I, I kind of uh, I appreciate that he like went from this show that I've only heard about Cowboy Bebop which is like supposed to be one of the best anime of all time to like hey I'm just gonna do something weird <laughs> I, I got bad news for you Malcolm Cowboy Bebop is also weird as fuck <laughs> but it seems um, like that the people respond to that weirdest fuck for this one they're like no one i don't hear as people talking about this it, as much. I'm, I'm just looking at some of the episode descriptions and one of the episodes cosmic collisions is an episode where the cast eats mushrooms which cause them to hallucinate ghosts and zombies there's also another episode which i was going to change my mind for but then uh we didn't get around to it called uh baseball blues which is all about like mugen participating in a, in a baseball match with uh some americans so this show again, it 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 crosses genre, it crosses a lot of things. It's 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 an artistic expression, and it's just kind of nice to have a show that you you can watch anytime you put on an episode. You're not quite sure what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? Now uh, before we wrap up, uh, well, what's Tunji's thoughts? What's Tunji's? Yeah, Tunji. Yeah, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, that's just my final thoughts. I like it, man. I like I. You know what? For me, like I always uh, i'm a very visual person and so anytime i get the opportunity and like obviously i i love storytelling and and anime is sort of at like you know is like you know 
a, a genre that combines those two things in an incredible way. So, you know, even though I don't follow it as much, anytime I get the opportunity to like, you know, yeah, at least like take a look at a couple episodes of it. Like I have, I have fun doing it for sure. So, yeah. That's, that's perfect. That's how I actually, yeah. like, that's how I got into this whole podcast. It was like, I hadn't watched any anime before this and this has been yeah. uh, a wild experience. Yeah, yeah. Again, I like the show a lot. I, I'm a big Watanabe fan. I will watch any uh, show he does. I think there's only one show where I didn't quite love it uh, called Terror and Resonance, which is just very different because it's like, um, a, it's a thriller. It's like a terrorist thriller. Um, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't as fun. I like Watanabe when he's having fun. But yeah, no, uh, the show's really good. I, I think you guys should watch it. I think you should, guys, you folks listening should watch more than these three episodes we covered. Maybe watch the entire thing because it is only 25 episodes long. Um, but yeah, that concludes our episode. But of course, I must announce which show we're going to cover next. And that show is Mob Psycho 100. Uh, it's the follow-up to One Punch Man from the creator One. Uh, Malcolm enjoyed One Punch Man when we watched it back with our very first episode. So now we're going to watch a show that I consider, uh, this might be a hot take, I consider it better than One Punch Man. And we're going to watch episodes one to five. And also, uh, Tunji, uh, just as we wrap up, uh, where can people follow you? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Um, I have a YouTube channel, even though right now I'm not posting a whole lot on there, although that might change very soon. So, yeah, TikTok and IG. If you guys want to follow me on there, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, you know, just, just this was this was fun, guys. I'm just just happy to do it. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. it. All right, and, yeah, uh, you can, you can uh, and then for us, uh, you can follow uh, uh, the podcast at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're uh, on all streaming platforms. Obviously, you found us on some streaming platform. Uh, please give us a like, uh, share it with your friends. Uh, you know, leave a review. That's the only way we can grow this podcast. Uh, thank you so much to everyone. Thank you so much, Tunji. All right. Thank you, folks.